recording. Hello, Thomas. Uh, welcome to this uh, third episode of Triple AI. Uh, we're very excited to have you. And uh, the subject of our today conversation is going to be about how tech community can help and play a role in the healing um, generational and intergenerational traumas. Um, uh, I think um, what I will do is that I will um, leave the space for you to kind of discuss a little bit about what you do, what is uh, trauma, and then we gradually start the conversation, uh, taking it into the day, technology. Yeah, Simo, thank you. And thank you for having me here. I'm curious, I'm very excited to explore how tech and trauma kind of connect, yeah. Okay, so um, um, I think one of the um, one of my excitement, uh, and I think something that tech developers can take away from this uh, conversation, uh, is uh, how, as we are moving to, towards more decentralization, as we are going to use more and more uh, digital uh, platforms and technologies, our um, traumas, personal traumas, generational traumas, going to manifest in the digital space that we share with each other. So um, the other point is that uh, we are going to live in a more urbanized society. So the United Nations latest report says that by 2050, nearly 70% of all populations are going to live in cities. And these cities are going to be more digitalized, more smart, and um, but smart also has its own connotation, but we take it as going to be more integrated into tech uh, technology. Uh, one of the biggest challenges we have as tech developers uh, that I identified is that uh, the majority of tech developers aren't conscious of the concept of traumas and how they play out in development of technologies and how uh, they can play an active positive role in healing journey of societies and also responding in a more, I think, resilient and adaptive way. One of these collective traumas is, of course, climate change that we're healing, we're, we're facing it collectively, but also each nation has its own um, hidden traumas that are bubbling up as we're getting more connected. So um, the, the aim is to learn and also to explore uh, what is trauma? Uh, you are an expert in the uh, trauma healing. You've, uh, you've been active uh, more than 20 years in, in different, uh, 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 I think, very the most difficult traumas that humanity ever faced, uh, such as uh, survivors of uh, Holocaust. Uh, so you, you are very conscious and I think um, uh, expert in the field of trauma. So. I, I thought that maybe we can open up a little bit the conversation about what is trauma, how it manifests itself, especially now in 21st century. Mm -hmm. And then uh, mm -hmm. we continue with uh, uh, how technology can be a healing, uh, uh, can be of a healing, I think, um, a role, or can also uh, create more fragmentation. Mm. Well, first of all, I want to say how beautiful it is to see 
the depths of your own thinking and exploration and and the wish to combine like technology and let's say a healthy version of living and and i think that that's that's an amazing kind of ecosystems creation that's needed for that because we heal trauma in ecosystems trauma often trauma well, let's start a bit earlier so why do i talk about collective trauma because many people notice the word trauma and think of it as oh a person had a car accident the soldier was in a war or i don't know something really bad happened to somebody and of course that's all true but there's a much more systemic aspect of trauma which is trauma like societies have been traumatizing and traumatized each other like for thousands of years we lived through wars and wars and wars and catastrophes and and somehow we made it otherwise we wouldn't have this conversation <laughs> and uh, people couldn't listen to this conversation but the so there is a resilience to work through it also so there's resilience which we have to talk about and then there is trauma and and what we know from trauma is that it just doesn't go away by itself it's not that oh the longer we wait it will pass it doesn't it's it just uh is being passed on from one generation to the next and as you said i worked in multiple large collective trauma fields and we can see how generations pass on their unresolved trauma to the next generations it's not that it just gets erased and and that's why i think we need to think of trauma as a systemic effect that is so much in the system it's like you grow up in a water like in the ocean and and you live all your life in that ocean and one day somebody comes and says yeah but do you know there is a special substance in the water but you didn't never knew because you grew up with that substance in the water and collective trauma is like the substance that is invisible within our societies, within our cities, within our ecosystems, that is an invisible factor. And by its nature, it's by its function in our body, it's supposed to be suppressed and unconscious. And that's why it's so hard to identify. And when I started to write my book about collective trauma and I researched, okay, how many people published something about collective trauma? There's almost nothing. And why is there nothing? Because we know that there have been multiple, you know, thousands of years of wars, uh, but we didn't write about the after effect that it has within our societies. And so when we talk also today about technology and trauma, it's not just technology and individual trauma, which of course is also very important, but it's also technology and the systemic, invisible, normalized aspect of trauma. And what does it mean normalized? It means that if we don't, if we say that's how the world is, if people argue with each other, if we become very fast reactive, if we are disrelated, if we have repetitive conversations again and again and again, and they are just the same, you push the button, you have the same reaction, you push the button, you have the same reaction. That's not life in its healthy form and its emergent and innovative form that's life in a stagnation repeating the same thing the same political arguments the same conflicts arising again and again that's life when it's stuck in a in a trauma loop and and that's why i think and the third component maybe that's important for the con to connect all of this to technology is 
that trauma impairs relationships. Trauma hurts our capacity to relate to each other. And the difficulty is if technology fills that empty place where we can't really healthily relate to one another, and then trauma starts to marry technology versus healthy relationships and embodied life starts to use and be connected to technology in a healthy regulated way. And, and so we have to talk about the systemic aspect of trauma in order because technology is a systemic impact and two systems that are consciously relating, that's great. I think that's just progress. But that's not what we see at the moment only. We see also the shadow side of technology communicating with humanity's shadow side. And that, if we can get uh, into that conversation, I think that would be very powerful. That's very, very interesting. Thank you so much, Thomas. I think I, I, I wrote this, I wrote down this, uh, first of all, your book, um, uh, Healing Collective Traumas, a process for integrating our intergenerational and cultural wounds. I had, um, I, I browsed uh, through the book. I, I highly recommend this book and I also link it at the description box of this uh, conversation so that uh, the audience can find it. Uh, there are points from the book that I wrote that I, uh, I will discuss them. I ask you some uh, questions about uh, some of the points that you make in the book. But let's get to this, uh, I think, key point you mentioned, that trauma hurts our capacity to relate. And isn't it interesting that uh, while trauma hurts our capacity to relate, at the same time, technology uh, kind of impulse is about propagation of relationship, isn't it? So it's that the more interconnected we get, the aim is to reach more and more people. And when you, when, when you have it, it's kind of like trauma itself is, is, a, is an anti-technology in a way. When technology is, we are trying to invest and develop technologies that can help us to, uh, to reach more people, to facilitate more conversation, to relate more at the same time, Trauma, it feels as an anti-technology. It wants us to withdraw. We go back into ourselves. We don't relate. And I think um, that's why uh, I, I felt this, like opening up the, the, the relationship between uh, the more interconnected we get, the more people we, we can reach potentially. But then what if the person is traumatized? So in a way you, you are more capable of propagating your traumas and uh, in a way, if you wanted to uh, reach your positive idea to 10 people, if you think of network effect, now you can have an exponential impact of reaching your positive impact to many people. Now you can have the same impact same possibility of propagating your traumas to a larger space. So for example, if somebody is traumatized in Germany or somebody is traumatized in Africa, they can really create this epigenetics, this big field of traumas mixed with many, many different um, patches of traumas from different generations. And I think that would be a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a much necessary kind of conversation to have but we are also propagating our traumas into the field. 
Yeah, I think we need to decide between two things. One is, there are two major sets of symptoms that trauma creates within us. One is a fracture between our thinking, our feeling, our emotions, and our body. So normally, in our healthy integrated state, we call it integrated state, so when experiences could be integrated, individual, ancestral, collective experiences, so we experience this as flow. There's a flow through our central nervous system. It's like a, a great data flow that, that uh, and between inside and outside. So what I think, what I feel and sense, and what I feel in my body, that the flow in the nervous system is one stream. So sense making is sensing and thinking cognition and sensing together as one process not two things i think a and i feel b it's 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 aligned we call it aligned because it's one data flow so what i feel and what i think is one process but when there is trauma because trauma what is trauma is it's too much and trauma is here in space and time, it's not good for me when somebody gets abused, hurt, beaten, mobbed, uh, wars. So here it's not good for me. That's what trauma says. And so that the leaving our body, shutting down parts of our nervous systems, because there's such a high amount of stress that either leads to fight and flight or freeze. So, and then we shut down a part that is overwhelmed in order to survive better. So we have two sets of major symptoms, either hyper-stress or numbness. So what happens now is when social media or also sensational media or technology through the speed of data, as you said, when we channel a lot of trauma or traumatic content into the public space through technology, many people that carry trauma will get activated, consciously or unconsciously. So it means on the one hand, I cannot use technology in a regulated way. I will maybe build technology in a dysregulated way. And when through, through a lot of data that flows into the social body, we, we see that either the stress goes up, hyperactivation, fear, is being amplified or the numbness, the indifference and the shutdown is being amplified. And the more we amplify these two major sets of symptoms, we actually create polarization. We create more fragmentation, we create, it's not more, it's already there, but we amplify it. And that's why trauma-informed technology use, trauma-informed media, trauma-informed social media is an absolute must for public health. And that's why I think big uh, technology companies, if there was just a deeper and better understanding of the collective trauma field that we are operating in an existence, it's not that social media creates that, but if we are not aware of it, we just amplify it. And then we wonder, okay, why is uh, racism so strong why is whatever all kinds of of different polarizations political ecological whatever polarization so strong yeah but because we create that we just push the button unskillfully that creates either more numbness which means indifference and non-participation in society or hyperactivation and fear so it's like we are too too stressed and too afraid 
And the middle line is not, is not working well, where the resources to really deal with something like COVID, to really deal with uh, major conflicts, to really deal with racism in a different way that comes from a centered place. And that's why I think having a much deeper understanding of the trauma dynamic in our society is an absolute must for everybody that works with the reach that you spoke about. Because we can also bring the information into the collective space, but in a, in a trauma-informed way that doesn't so much trigger the, these two sets of symptoms, but it actually helps us to get informed. And now, maybe the last point for, for this part is, what does it mean information? We can also say information is in form. So Shima, when I look at you, you are informing Thomas and I, in my healthy, open, integrated part, Shima exists in Thomas. I call this intra-existence. We have an intra-existence in each other. So there's a small Thomas and there's a Thomas in Shima and there's a Shima in Thomas. And when, when that's open, we call it relating, we call it closeness, we call it flow, we call it creative conversation. But we exist in each other because we inform. But inform means it needs to go in and not just into the mind. It needs to go into the emotional sphere and into the physical body. And often when we talk about reach, through technology, we talk about the mental reach. It's a cognitive space. And that's, of course, our evolutionary time. But that's not enough. Reach, real reach, is embodied reach. And maybe sometimes embodied reach is a bit smaller, but more healthy. And because it's exactly the amount of information that we can process. If we get overloaded by information, that's that's great that we're also interconnected and that we're, I mean, the interconnection is great because we're anyway interconnected. But if information just stays in the mind and it cannot be embodied, then the gap between the disembodied mental space and nature is just getting bigger because my body is nature. And to be creating, like, not, there is a, a, a break, there is already a, a fragmentation between mind and nature through trauma. And if we over-amplify reach without information, like I hold a form of Shima in Thomas, that's called compassion. That's called mindful interaction. That's called we feel each other, we care for each other. Often in an anonymous digital space, we are very informed, but we, we lose the capacity to care and to be connected and to support the societal process. We want more engagement. We want more motivation to change the pressing social issues and also climate change. But this doesn't come just from overloading our minds. This comes from speaking to our hearts. Because we all know when we are really touched by something, we don't need to be convinced that we need to care. We don't need to be convinced about ethics because we feel it. And I think all of this, um, is very much part of the, the conversation that we need to have. 
thank you so much, Thomas. It's just amazing. I uh, what uh, the points you made. Uh, first of all, I, I never heard of this uh, terminology, trauma in fourth technology. I think this is very uh, potent, um, especially. Um, when we think about, uh, for example, the, 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 my, my company is about decentralization and use of blockchain technology, which is uh, really about decentralization. So really get every person having an impact in, on the system. And I think when I think about trauma-informed, and, and I, I was thinking of what would be a trauma-informed blockchain look like, I think would be very interesting because the the focus is not put on profit making but on um, maybe distributed more healthily between other um, parameters that are important for a healthy society uh, i really also like this point you meant uh, you 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 made about embodied reach um, which i think is actually missing from developing technologies the the the, the standards even uh, majority of developing technologies are based on standards of addiction. So, which is the more likely the person getting locked onto a certain technology using the platform and spending more, more time on a specific platform, the, I think the, it, it being positive. And I think it, it's, it's a profitable business, a profitable tech. So to speak, but it doesn't really uh, have the embodied impact. So we, we never talk about embodied impact. We never. Uh, I think this is the very first time even I have this conversation with with someone that defines what is information. Mm -hmm. Information is seen as this stack of uh, information and knowledge, uh, data, information, knowledge, wisdom. So it's always seen as this uh, pyramid. Uh, in, in, in artificial intelligence even community seen as that stack of basically concept on top of each other where you want to create hopefully wisdom somehow but it never speaks about um, the information the the i think the active nature of information itself information is not a static thing it's the i am information you are information and as we relate there is this, uh, 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 you said, in, in, in interbeing, if I, if, I, if I understood correctly. Uh, but we are not looking at it in a tech uh, community. And I think this, is, this, is, this has to change because otherwise we will never be able to create platforms that are about creating change. That's Climate right. change becomes another sensation. Environmental um, kind of... Uh, uh, activism and everything as it becomes another sensation, another hot topic. Let's research about climate change. Let's speak about resilience. Let's now talk, talk about women rights around the world because they're hot topics. They, are, they bring clicks, they bring profit, but nobody really speaks about, well, uh, what it takes for tech developers, what it takes for uh, activists and what it takes for society to be uh, to be informed, to be mm -hmm. climate change informed, to be sustainability informed. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And I feel that goes back to what you mentioned about trauma and fragmentation. Trauma separates off from relating. And, um... and there, is, there is also another point to, to what you said right now, that if you don't understand, like I often say, okay, we can see a human being as a separate particle that's running around for 70, 80, 90 years on this planet. Or we can say, wait a moment, a human being is a biocomputer that has been designed over millions and millions of years. Okay, so we are not without any context. Trauma impairs or hurts the context. So in trauma, we feel isolated, separate. We feel, you know, there's me and you, us versus them. There's other ring. There's all kinds of side effects to that. But even the notion, oh, my body is on the planet versus my body is the planet. I'm not just separate from that living system. I am part of that living system. And that means that the entire information technology of the planet is not separate from me. And I'm, I'm trying to log in somehow. I am already logged in. I'm part of an amazing data network that's called life. And that data network is anyway flowing through everybody. I often say, when you go through the forest, where's, where's nature? And nature is not just around us. I'm also nature. You know, if the deer is running uh, through the forest, like Thomas also running through the forest, it's not so different. I mean, even genetically, we are not so different. And, and that, that, uh, that my body is also nature. Of course, we developed a whole different functions as a uh, function as human being, our rational capacity and there, there are new capacities emerging, but they are emerging out of nature. And that we lose a bit the, the honoring of the context that thousands and thousands of generations that were living before us, for us too, to have this conversation. And that's part of it. That's not our achievement. That's like so much has been developed in order for you and I to have this conversation and to have our own life path, your life path, my life path, meeting here and creating this unique moment. But this moment is based on a context. And if I don't understand this, then I think data is, is intellectual cognitive information. No, data is actually an, a tremendous amount of evolutionary data that is sitting here to have this conversation. And, and so when we think about information, it has to be embodied because I believe, so there, there are certain, when, when we talk about collective trauma, there are certain collective symptoms of it. One is, for example, it seems like normal that we can all read books about self-development, but we simply, don't develop as fast as we read. So we all know I can read, I can write a PhD work on, on childhood trauma, but be traumatized myself and my PhD won't heal me. Maybe it gives me access to resources and to people and to understanding and uh, whatever therapy methods, but I need to do the work. My knowing doesn't heal my trauma. And there are so many books about meditation, but yeah, but in order to really meditate, in order to become mindful, in order to become compassionate, in order to become wise, wisdom is embodied knowledge. And that's why every impact is only impactful once it changes my life. 
we have this famous saying like walk your talk but you know we can read lots of books but we cannot walk our talk sometimes and it seems like that's normal and i would say no that's not normal that means that the mind through trauma is disconnected from nature from the body and from the emotional experience and that's why it's easy to think about many things but it's not so easy to live it and climate change impact won't come just from understanding climate change more i mean we have all the data we know a lot of things but we our societies are not moving at the pace and the speed we need why I believe because there's a lot of collective unseen trauma and trauma doesn't want to change. That's its nature. It's frozen. And so when we need to de-ice the frozen life and then we can say, wow, so many people are into innovation. So what's innovative? And then we could say, okay, there are two forms of innovation. One form of innovation is top-down innovation. It means how can we download the future? How can we update ourselves all the time? Like you with your company and with your work, you are constantly in an updating. And updating comes through your own intuition and inspiration, through conversations with other people, through inspiring moments, through stuff that you read. So you constantly update yourself in order to stay up to date. Otherwise, we become old. So there's the downloading, as we call it, of the future, like what we grow into, potentiality becoming manifest. But on the other hand, there is another innovation, which means all the learning, because trauma integration is integrating fragmented or split of information in our nervous system into the central flow that we call self, into the central flow of data, so trauma is split off packages of information and past that couldn't be integrated because they were too overwhelming. When we know how, we can integrate that information and create a bigger data flow. So the person grows, the impact that the person has in life grows, the creativity is liberated and more health and many other things happen from that. But the main point is that unintegrated information of our past has frozen learning that we didn't harvest yet. So if we don't really look at racism, if we don't really look at gender violence, if we don't really look at the Holocaust or other genocides or wars, and we harvest the learning, we don't have the ethical development that we need in order to deal with AI. And then we get afraid and say, oh, what can happen? Yeah, because if the ethical development doesn't match our technological development, we really have an issue because that's already the setup for the next level of collective traumatization. But that's why it's not enough to say, okay, let's forget the past and let's just go for innovation for the future. There is an innovation that is frozen in the permafrost in our societies. That learning, we didn't have. We didn't learn yet the lesson that we have to learn from like a catastrophe like the Holocaust. We, and as long as we don't get it, we are very vulnerable to repeat it. And so, and I think that's all part of also embodied impact because only embodied impact means real change. 
as long as we can think things, that's very nice, and it's great that we are so intelligent. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't affect our lives and the way we treat each other, we care for each other, we we care for climate change, for example, and change our societies accordingly, then it's great knowledge. But that's not impact. Is what we can live, not what we can say. Only when our words and our actions become one, that's impact. And I think that's what we should uh, coin as, as impact is embodied wisdom, because that's what you can live. And that also puts us back into our place in society, I think. Uh, that's, I mean, incredible. I uh, I really am um, kind of processing all that you said and uh, made a lot of notes. Uh, I think I, I, I add to that, that something that I noticed uh, when I was writing my own book, Mindful Smart Cities, was that I noticed that the way we define intelligence uh, uh, and smart cities is uh, is through the application of uh, technologies. So we call a city smart because it has, uh, let's say, n uh, amount of uh, sensors and uh, powered by artificial intelligence. So a city is called smart because it has, let's say, ten thousand sensors and they connect and this this create this Internet of Things. But then. What I noticed was that actually what this mentality that is very dominant, and I think it's dominant in, in an industry, and also I think when we kind of zoom back in other industries, is that um, it, uh, I think, systematically ignores what's inside the system already. So the, the system does have intelligence. The system is intelligent. So the city is intelligent, even if you don't have any sensors. We go back to the marketplaces in, in the Middle East early years of emergence of cities, we could see that people in the bazaar or marketplaces, they were engaged in a kind of an exchange, in humanic exchange that was intelligent. So I think that there is this um, uh, embedded uh, intelligence, uh, collective intelligence that we, we always ignored. At the same time, there is this collective embedded trauma space that is there that we also ignored, that you just um, expanded on. And I feel that there is also this um, wisdom, a body of wisdom uh, that is also ignored. So we have a great body of universal wisdom, be it Judaism, be it uh, mysticism of any kind of religious practice, also kind of schools of thinking, all the philosophers that did great thinking, that wanted to progress uh, and develop societies. I think that is also ignored. So I think there is this, uh, I think, large body of um, floating uh, potential wisdom that is waiting to be embodied. And I, and I thought that in my own kind of practice, I thought that uh, the way uh, I, the, the way I see maybe a tech developer can contribute to this space is to identify these. Um, existing intelligences. So I called, for example, if you want to create a smart city, uh, you have to create a, a larger, you have to expand the envelope of intelligence so that you, you bring more intelligences in. 
calling it uh, our uh, ancient intelligence. So we need to think about well, how 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 can we build on and also integrate the existing universal body of ancient intelligence into our uh, future technology and into our future societies. Because I don't think that we can have a society that is void of any kind of practice and we call it smart or we call it we call it a evolved societies. We need to have grounding practices and I think collective practices. And I think the other dimension that I uh, uh, mentioned, we are mentioned, we mentioned in our company is that also a vacant individuals. You can't have a society or civilization that is smart if the people aren't awakened to what's happening. So I think, uh, and then artificial intelligence. So it's kind of the, so I call it a triple AI. So it's that in order to, to, to really think about a society, uh, a global society that is healthy, we need to do, um, we need to expand the lens of intelligence. Mm. And by doing that, we can integrate uh, the hidden traumas because otherwise it could be uh, technology creating the same vicious loops of uh, consumption, of uh, not being mindful and, and re-traumatizing and then building on the foundation of traumas. Because exactly. as you mentioned, for example, in the uh, in events such as Holocaust, if you compare it, of course, the, the, the extent of Holocaust, I think is so extreme, but I think there are uh, patterns that you can, you can identify in different types of traumas around the world. So systemic racism, systemic uh, uh, violation of women's rights. I think you can find seeds of similarities that I think if we identify those and uh, transcend them, maybe we can kind of uh, move beyond this kind of uh, behaviors. Exactly. And maybe if we kind of zoom out, it's kind of like Russian dolls. I mean, the name is a little bit now loaded, but if you think of maybe a, a Russian doll is that when you go, the stack of dolls, you kind of go up, you see, for example, climate change, maybe on the bottom is that Holocaust. If you kind of go back and you see that, well, there are trends. There is something that is shared. We are participating in something similar. Mm -hmm. But if we kind of maybe become more mindful, we can see, well, okay, the, the way we're, we're behaving, the way we're showing in life, uh, it's not really the way that uh, that is going to be sustainable, and it's going to be uh, crisis after crisis. And at some point, I think the society will collapse if this is the way forward. Hmm. Yeah, it's also that, as you said, that there are patterns of traumatization that are universal. They are specific locally, like when you look into Latin America or Colum, you know, where colonialism hit or in Africa or in other places around the world. So there are specific uh, expressions, but of universal principles. It means that the collective traumatization is something that is also connecting us in a strange way. It separates us, but it also connects us because it's painful all over. It's painful, you know, the violence against women is painful all over the world. And, and it has maybe specific cultural expressions and so there are large scale patterns 
systemically around the world and and also to what you said about the the intelligence i mean smart cities are not smart human systems are smart already another collective trauma symptom is and i i call it collective trauma symptom because we can say oh that's how the world is and i would say no some of the things we see is the world when it's hurt and it's very important to name it that way because that's if we don't name it that way we normalize trauma and one way how we normalize trauma is talking about so when i look at the social issue violence gang violence or when i look at whatever any drug use or anything that is in our communities in our cities that we call oh it makes it hard but what is trauma trauma it makes it hard because trauma is frozen so when we meet in life things that are hard we know we're also touching something that's hard for us to process and so we we need an individual kind of development of course but we also need to see that often we talk about social issues as if that is the problem but actually the the wisdom is to relate to the process that's unfolding in that way and to be that's why we said at the beginning trauma impairs our or hurts our capacity to relate to life to human beings to situations to organizations societally and and so that relating if it's hurt then we look at things as if they were separate from us because we don't feel connected to them so the resonance capacity within us the relational resonance is shut down often and then it looks like oh i'm looking at the social issue that is separate from me but i lost the capacity to feel it when i'm and that's why many people live in that split in themselves. They say, oh, that's my strength and that's my weakness. So here I'm good and here I'm not good. And I would say the places where we say we are not good, that's where our childhood heroes or heroines live. Because that's where my defense mechanisms and the parts that were hard for me, there's intelligence in those defense mechanisms. And we need to learn to relate to the intelligence when things are not working, something is working, that it's not working. And if I don't understand this, then I, I'll never get to wisdom because then I always look at issues outside of myself as if they were separate and other people have them. It's it's the same like with school shooting. Yeah, we find the, the bad person and put him into prison, but we don't ask the question, so how am I part of this? What do I do in my daily life, in my neighborhood? Where am I unconscious? Where do I contribute to situations where I see something is strange, but I don't pay attention because anyway, I have a busy life. And so how am I part of a social process that leads to a school shooting? It's much easier to blame one person and put them out and say, okay, that's a bad guy. But it doesn't speak to how we have a social responsibility for many things that happen in our society. and. And so the social attunement to be able to identify the intelligence in the things that seem not to work, that seem to cause problems, is something we are not very skilled at, I believe, at this point in time. So 
smart cities of course are being enhanced by technology and all of this that's fantastic because also that's the growth that we are anyway in and i think that's that's great but how we use it and in in which kind of smartness we integrate the new level of development that's important because every new level of development needs to be integrated into the former levels of development in order to be embodied that's why i often say our job is to embody the internet to use our relational capacity of sensing, attunement, resonance within the virtual space. And then the virtual space is not a disconnected space. It's actually a very connected space that enhances our human capacity to relate to one another. And if technology can support and even enhance our relationality, not just be on top of it, like a, a next floor that's missing the floor in between, you know, like it's, it's like a next floor integrated into the entire building. Then I think we are developing a healthy, aligned technology that has, there's the health in the development of technology, there's a regulated use of technology, and there is already the remedy for trauma is because human intelligence and relationships plus artificial intelligence are working together. They enhance each other in order to deal with trauma and collective trauma. And, and I think that's the amazing uh, possibility that uh, also like organizations like yours are, you know, that we can support in the world where, because I think it's not, technology is amazing, but what we put it on is the question mark. And I think there is something that needs to be still brought up into more awareness also in social media companies and, and many organizations that deal with a massive social impact. I think without that collective systemic traumatization, we can't, we can't fully understand the effects that we are creating every day. I mean, amazing uh, insight. Actually, I was just kind of thinking back even when I was an, an academic even. Um, one of the reasons I left academia was that I, I it was an, um, I think, a protest in Afghanistan. Women uh, were protesting for their uh, right to go to school. And a lot of them were killed. And I was so touched by this that I went back to work and I asked my colleague and I said I think what we are doing as scientists is not right because I am sitting in my own safe office I'm writing articles about sustainable development resilience all of these I have PhD in different fields but who are the who are my audience really scientists so we write for each other and we cite each other and we think we're doing something useful, but actually I'm not. I'm kind of really being in a very safe place. So I, I decided to kind of leave uh, for other reasons as well. But one of the reasons was this, that I thought that, well, uh, I'm being uh, just exactly what you said. I'm talking about it. I was talking about it. I was talking about sustainable development. I was talking about climate change. I was even talking about smart cities, but now that I am, in the ground, working with people, like started a company and kind of talking with different people in the, the entire supply chain, 
I see, well, actually the, the idea is not about developing the smart cities, it's about becoming aware of what's going on first mm -hmm. and foremost, and then think about smart cities. Mm -hmm. And I feel this is um, maybe the shadow, you spoke about the shadow of technology. I think this is the shadow is that technology so far, unfortunately speaks about, about things making things smart, making home smart, making, creating social media. Social media is great, but it's not about socializing at all. It's never talks about connection. It's just how we can create a platform. We talk about, we talk a lot about interface. We create interface, but we never think about interbeing, interconnection. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, this is it. This is what we kind of, I think in this conversation, we kind of, that's the core of the problem is that we talk about things. Technology is about stuff. Um, decentralization right now, the subject and blockchain, it's about the detachment from the power of top-down uh, power and giving power to people, but it really never speaks about what is the process. It never speaks about what role it can play actively in um, consciously changing the uh, the water you said that we're swimming in. So they're just talking about, well, okay, we can make the, 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 the ecosystem, but we never, we don't want to talk about what's inside it. We don't want to talk about what's the soft substance that we are floating inside it. Um, so I think that's, that's one point going back to the topic of the conversation, what, how tech community can help uh, healing uh, gen uh, intergenerational and generational traumas is that stop talking about it, be, a be an active part of it. Mm -hmm. But then I think you mentioned about trauma-informed technology. I don't think we have a definition even. We don't know what it is. So I think there is a lot of um, potential and I think beautiful work that can be done. Uh, in this space, uh, because um, you mentioned about trauma as, as a frozen potential. So what if technology that we're, we think it's so advanced, it's not, maybe it's just a, uh, if with the frozen yet resiliency that we had, we could create technologies that we have right now, what will happen if we heal these traumas? So all of a sudden we have a lot of potentiality that needs to be, that, mm. that is accessible. So I think that's a motivation. And even myself in this field, I feel like uh, you, you mentioned about biocomputers, trauma-informed uh, technology. It makes me really, it motivates me. I feel <laughs> very happy that, uh, and I think maybe that's the real technology. That's the real. So that you, you mentioned about um, relating. So what if uh, you mentioned about this kind of buildings that you have floor one, floor two, and kind of so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, what if technology and interconnectivity uh, creates this uh, possibility of uh, becoming globally informed because you mentioned earlier that what is information information is that 
I am informing Thomas and Thomas is informing me. So I'm allowing Thomas to flow through my being. And I, I think at certain moment, I become just a vessel. So disappears, me disappears. So there is space for Thomas. There is space for birds. There is space for trees. There is space for, for life. And I think maybe the, that's the, the opportunity. Maybe that's what also kind of can motivate us that, well, there is a uh, state of being that we haven't yet unlocked. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's, that's, that's the thing that the more we unlock, I often call it when we unlock trauma and collective trauma, the, the world becomes more fluid. And when the world becomes more fluid, the, the collective intelligence is much more intelligent. So with their coherence jumps in the collective, that every jump means that we are able to have a more intelligent world. And to combine the technological development and the human upscaling of like how we collectively flow together, because flow states we all know as intelligent, but stagnations, which are based on trauma, they are, feel like stuck. And so liquefying our world is exactly what you said. And then if, if technology can help us to create that global coherence for it, like as a, as a next level in our evolution, so then the collective intelligence and the artificial or the, the technological intelligence, they become one. They, they become one, you know, one intelligence, which they anyway are, by the way, I think. And uh, But that's maybe for another conversation. I think it's, first of all, I want to thank you for the conversation. I find it very, very interesting. And I think there are many points where we could even collaborate more on, on some of the things and even have, you know, follow-up conversations to zoom in to some of the topics, like what is trauma-informed technology, for example, mm -hmm. how could that work? What does it mean global embodiment and how can technology help? I think there are multiple interesting areas that yeah. I, I'm open to continue if, if you want them. Thank you so much, Thomas. I think I agree with you. I think maybe we can kind of uh, wrap up the conversation here. And uh, I am fully open for uh, collaboration. I feel like I made a lot of notes um, where I think there, there is a framework here. So I, I picked up uh, that, well, we can create like this trauma-informed technology, uh, well, kind of like a large umbrella term. And then mm -hmm. underneath, there are processes, there are uh, kind of, uh, it's like a roadmap, how we can kind of move from a totally, uh, a technology that is totally separated from the entire eco, the inside ecosystem, the quality of ecosystem toward mm -hmm. the technology that is, as you mentioned, we give to, uh, uh, we give more intelligence. So, uh, I am also open to that. I think we can keep in contact. And yeah. uh, I really appreciate your presence today. I, I learned so much and I yours. felt so much also. Mm. Yeah, I love the, kind of the depth of the conversation. I think even to talk about smart cities, I think there are many points. Let's stay connected. Let's uh, uh, make another conversation maybe and then zoom into some sub points. I think there's a lot there. Uh, I also felt excited. Okay. Yeah. So thank, thank you so, you so much, much, Thomas. Thank I'm you. gonna write to you um, a propos proposition for maybe follow-up yeah. conversation. Kind of, uh, we Fantastic. 
Yeah, let's do that. And then, okay, That's perfect. Crazy. So much. Thank yeah. you so much, Thomas. Yeah.